Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. This is, of course, the postgame edition following Oklahoma State's 37-16 loss here at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium in Lawrence. Another very disappointing day in the uh, the Sunflower State. These trips are becoming a bummer. It's it's getting tough to uh, to to be around uh, for for some of these games. It's uh, it's pretty painful to watch this team sometimes with everything that that they're going through from uh, you know just preparedness, uh, execution, injuries. All of it is is very worrisome and making uh, making our jobs tough. It is. Can't complain too much about our jobs. Yeah. But still, this uh, this team is uh, is dealing with some struggles right now, and there's just so many different ones that it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint any one thing and say yeah, if they can if they can turn the quarter in this area, everything would be better. There's just not one of those things. No, I mean you can look at poor tackling, you can look at poor positioning, you can look at injuries, you can look at the inability to run the ball, inability to stop the run. Um, it just keeps adding up more and more on this team, and I I. <laughs> You start to wonder if they've kind of like, I don't know, you think of those cartoons where they, they, they end up on like a boat that gets a hole, and you plug one right. hole, another one starts popping up, and then you keep popping up until you sink. And yeah. it's starting to really feel like that right now for the Cowboys that you think, okay, they could get this solved, and then something else happens and goes wrong, and they can't solve that quick enough. And it's just, it's you, there's no life preserver right now for them, and they're just going down hard. Yeah. It's it's really crazy to think about where this team was two Saturdays ago. Mike Gunny's dancing in the locker room after this great win over Texas. And the bottom fell out like nothing I've ever seen. I've never seen a top 10 team that looked like a top 10 team that was gritting out wins and playing tough and doing the things they needed to do to just to see it all fall out the way that it has the last two weeks here in, in the state of Kansas. It's, it's remarkable to have, have watched the transition of this team the last two weeks, Jacob. I, I, I'm, I'm totally baffled by it. I don't understand. Um, I, I, I want to attribute some to injuries, but like I said, how do you attribute to everything to injuries right now? I just, right. To see this team that looks I don't want to call them lifeless today. They had some energy. They scored points. They they did some positive things with Garrett Rangel at quarterback. Um, but it just isn't the same team it was two or three weeks ago. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's losing some key veteran voices on the field and things happen, but you still got guys like Brock Burton and Jason Taylor and Tyler Lacey and – you know, guys that are so battle tested out there that that doesn't make sense either. I, I just, I'm, I'm completely at a loss. 
Right. The the tackling issues have have been a concern for a few weeks, and they seem to be getting worse. Uh, we've been talking for for weeks about the ability, inability to run the ball, inability to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Those things seem to be getting worse, even though the run game seemed to have a little bit of a, a, a rebirth early. And then they got into you know later in the game where they were having to try to throw the ball a lot more to try to come back and uh, you know didn't really run the ball as uh, as much as they probably want, would have liked to try. Um, so many so many things. Let's look. you brought up Garrett Redgill. We need to talk about that. Yes, true freshman uh, comes in. Spencer Sanders was on the trip. Did not go through warm ups. He was in pads on the sidelines, but there was never any chance that he was going to play today. Why, uh, why Mike Gundy basically pads, said, by the way, why, why was he in pads? Well, you know, somebody might throw a battery or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, of course, okay. of course, if you're worried about that, you might put a helmet on him. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get it. <laughs> so anyways, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, so, so Sanders is not going to play. That was known. Uh, Mike Gundy basically said that they just, uh, they threw Gunnar Gundy and Garrett Rangel into practice this week and graded everything they did. And, uh, and, and Rangel came out slightly ahead. And so that's why they were taking a slight start. And, you know, it was reported on the record that the game would play some today, too. But we never saw that change. Uh, you know, my, uh, Mike stuck with Rangel for, uh, for the entirety of the game. But Rangel goes out there, throws two interceptions within his first five passes. The first two possessions, Oklahoma State end with him throwing interceptions. And he bounced back and played really well from that point, I thought, Jacob. I, I really liked what we saw from Rangel overall. Even on the interceptions, I mean, one of them, you know, one of them was a bad throw on the sideline. Uh, and sorry for the wind, everybody. It's uh, windy here in Lawrence again, though. So, uh, a little tough. But, uh, you know, it, when you look at what Garrett did, you know, he got out there and started playing with confidence after that. It's like he kind of, you know, got the bad stuff out of the way and went and played a little bit more. You know, he had the fumble, which I still question the idea of putting a true freshman under center on fourth and one in the, you know, on the 14-yard line. Um, not a fan of that call necessarily. Um, but I was a fan of other things they did with with Garrett. You know, he threw – he beat – Completed what twenty-seven of forty passes, and that's really good to start with for for a freshman making a starting debut. Right. Yeah. You know, at, at one point late in the third quarter, uh, somebody tweeted out his stats after the two interceptions early, and he had gone seventeen of of twenty-two, and you know had a touchdown pass in there, and was had become very consistent. Like we talked about earlier, the run game had a little bit of juice to it. And and the offense was moving pretty well. They weren't able to finish off drives like they uh, had really needed to. But they were getting first downs, moving the ball more efficiently than I thought they might be able to with a backup quarterback. So I was, uh, I would say overall pretty impressed with the job that Garrett Rangel did. Yeah, I mean, he's in a tough spot. I mean, true freshman making his first start on the road at Kansas, a team that's coming off a of bye week, he's fired up trying to get bowl eligibility. Uh, the run game's not giving him any help, and he's, he's finding a way to move the ball and growing right in front of our eyes. I, was, I think he throws the ball very well. But I was 
I was impressed with the way he could throw the ball. Yeah, he he let go of some some throws that had some zip on them. Placed some uh, some deeper throws pretty well. I I thought he uh, he threw the ball really uh, pretty consistently for what uh, what they were needing of him. So uh, it was it was overall a pretty good de- debut. Go and throw for over three hundred yards in a uh, tough situation that you're that you're thrown into. I was pretty impressed with what he did. And he seemed to read the field well, I thought was really good, too. He didn't seem to just go to his first read. He seemed to kind of have the patience to go through some progressions and find the receiver. Yeah, he did. You know, the uh, the first interception, he was – it was a third down. He's trying to make a play, running to the sidelines. Everything had broken down, trying to make a play, and, and misses his spot a little bit, gets picked off. The last interception – uh, was you know they're trying to trying to move the ball down the field, and he throws into a, a tight coverage spot. Ball gets tipped and, and picked off. Um, you know those kind of things are going to happen, but there weren't a lot of moments when you felt like he was throwing into danger. He threw the ball away when he needed to at times and wasn't afraid to do that. So I thought overall his uh, decision making on where to go with the ball was was better than I probably would have expected from a true freshman in his first start. All right. The, we haven't really dove into what I think was the most disturbing issue of the day, which was the defense's inability to stop the run. It's bad. To, give up, bad. to give up the, the, the kind of yards that they gave up to a guy. And, and Devin Neal might end up being – uh, you know, an NFL back. I don't know. But to give up the kind of yards that they did to him, 224 on the ground, another 110 on, on six receptions. It's just, uh, it's, I don't know. It, I don't even know a word to describe it. It's, it's very troubling. I, yeah, and you could have used the excuse the last few weeks. They had to go get Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, two NFL guys. They had to go against right. Juice Vaughn. Another guy that has NFL talent. And this guy, like, no offense to Devin Neal, but this guy isn't, you know, popping up on draft boards. And I just, when you look at what they did against him, they they just had poor tackling. They didn't get close to tackles on some of them. And it's just alarming. And the idea, you, you pointed this out to me in the press box, when Kendall Daniels and Jason Taylor have 11 tackles apiece, and I think, what, four of the top five tacklers, maybe top five tacklers, all yeah. all were safeties? Like, that's not good. Right. That is just not good. That means that they're getting past the line, the linebackers so much that the safeties have to make the plays. And that's been a concern for a while. I mean, I, we, we were, we've been talking about this concern almost all season because it seems right. like Jason Taylor had a high amount of tackles, things like that, that it's like, well, Jason gets the ball, but then you're starting to see it creep up elsewhere and the secondary is more and more tackles. And that's – I don't know how you fix it. It's not – you know, they keep saying they got to get their head up. They, it's fundamentals and stuff. But it's starting to feel like more than just fundamentals at this point, um, that there's just something else there that's lacking, and I don't know how to pinpoint it. When, and I put this in my story that I wrote that will be in the Monday paper. But at this point in the season, when it's happened this regularly, it's sort of just who you are. Yes. It's, you're just not a, a great tackling team. And, you know, today they were even, you know, 
I don't know what Kansas did to negate Mason Cobb's involvement, but he didn't even uh, – I think he had like three tackles today, which is That's- a ridiculously low number for him this season. So um, but you, you, you take the missed tackles, you take scheming issues on the, on the part of the coaches – you mix in injuries and, you know, guys that are playing a lot of snaps getting worn down. And you've just got this really bad recipe for this Oklahoma State defense right now. And, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the only – maybe the best, uh, the best thing to fix it is an, a very inept Iowa State offense next week. But even that is, is a little bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, I don't – I have a weird feeling about this game too just because – the way the offense has struggled, if Spencer doesn't play, no offense to Garrett Rangel, but I mean, Iowa State's defense is really good. And right. and so, I mean, I think Garrett can go and move the ball, but you still got to get Spencer back if you're OSU. You've got to figure out a way to stop the bleeding on the defense. But I just, I have a weird feeling about next week already. I'll, I'll, I just, nothing feels good right now for this team, I guess. Yep. The Spencer Sanders issue will be addressed later in the week. Mike Gundy said after the game that uh, you know they'll monitor how they'll reevaluate him on Monday and then see how he's doing after that. Decide by the time you get to the middle of the week how much he's going to be available, how much he's going to be able to 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 really be himself and make that decision at that point what direction they go. So it's going to be another week like this week where you don't really know, uh, you know, outwardly and just talking as, as a, uh, for the fans. They, they won't know who their quarterback is going to be on Saturday, and, uh, and you've got to trust in the Oklahoma State coaches to have whoever it is prepared to go against a, a really good defense. So, uh, all right, but we'll save all the rest of the Iowa State talk for, uh, for Tuesday night at Stone Cloud Brewing Company in Stillwater. Uh, so uh, now that we're back to the car, which I, I don't remember the hill being that big when we went down it going to the stadium. Yeah, yeah no, that was rough. Um, uh, but we'll wrap it wrap it up. The uh, the most important thing I forgot, Jacob. Oh man, the most important thing you forgot. Um, I don't know. It was it was nice to see Tanner Brown get to kick tonight. Um, right, he actually got on the field. Yeah, he got to kick a, P- a couple PATs and kick the field goal. And you know, last week his uh, services were not needed. So I guess you know it was yeah. nice to see Tanner Brown back in action. Logan Ward did uh, did good. Yeah. I thought in. In his new role as the punter, uh, punted well, averaged over 46 a punt, uh, was the holder for, for Tanner Brown on, uh, on his, uh, his field goal and uh, MPAT. So did well in, in his, uh, his big new role. Alex Hale moved to, to kickoffs, I guess. I assume to, let, give, to give Ward extra time to focus on his new duties. So uh, interesting changes going on there as they react to the Tom Hutton injury. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Trace Ford, I think, is the most oh, concerning yes. out of the injuries from from yes. tonight. Trace Ford has to be the most concerning because he was grabbing that knee as he was going down. Uh, reappears on the sidelines on crutches in street clothes. A guy who's had each knee surgically repaired uh, with the ACL tears. That's a uh, that's a scary thing, right? Yeah, it does not look good. Um, just speculation, but a guy getting carted to the locker room from the sideline and then coming back on crutches and street clothes. Um, with his injury past, I just I have a bad feeling um, right now for Trace. I feel really, really feel for him because he's worked really hard to get back and was getting back to himself the last yeah, the last month or so. Really looked dynamic again, and uh, for him to do that, it's just so unfortunate. Hopefully, it's nothing major. 
you know, we thought Jason Taylor's knee injury has been major. He's played the last two games, so hopefully it's nothing major. But uh, we'll see. You know, um, that's tough. Yep, it is. All right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thanks to everybody who who checked in on us. Thanks to the folks back in Oklahoma City for putting this thing together and, and getting it out on the podcast channel. We will talk to you on Tuesday from Stone Cloud. Thanks for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.